0: 20 minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast what is up green bay packers fans welcome back to another edition of the pack a day podcast the nfc championship edition of the pack a day podcast the The Packers just boat raced the number one defense in the NFL Pack-A-Day podcast. I am your host, Jacob Morley. You can find me on Twitter at Jacob Morley. I am not joined today by my co-host and good buddy, Ross Uglum, who is out traveling, covering a billion teams right now. So we're flying solo tonight, but I've got some thoughts. I've got some ideas, some things I want to run through as we lead up. To this Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a and I keep wanting to say AFC because I have Tom Brady on the mind, um, but NFC Championship game. And as I was working today, I had a lot of the the major network, you know, shows on, and I'm listening to them, and I'm listening to these the narratives that are starting to be drawn up, and they're starting to kind of be put out there for us to hear and for us to consume and i just think it's so interesting to look at those and I, and i want to run through some of those national narratives right now and i have a little a little game that i'm going to play here and it's basically going to be national narrative versus local narrative and i just kind of want to look at some of the things that nationally they're looking at this game from that perspective but as all of us here follow this and and follow this team we probably know a little bit more about this team than maybe the Willie McGinnis of the world, the Nate Burleson's of the world, and nothing against those guys. Uh, good, good Morning Football is what I'm referencing, and that's one of my favorite shows. Those guys are incredible. Kay Adams, Kyle Brandt, Burleson, Pete Trigger, all those guys are fantastic. They're so good at what they do. That's pretty much the only national show I watch anymore. But even even those guys, you know, they can't follow this team as closely as... Packers fans do and so I just kind of want to throw out some of the narratives that they were pushing today and just kind of look at them from the perspective of okay but how does that actually look is that or one is that accurate two is it not accurate because some of the stuff they're saying is 100 accurate um, but obviously the very first thing I have written down here what is going to be talked about at at no length at at at, at till the ends of the earth till the <laughs> till the game is played is the week six matchup. And that was an absolute butt whooping. No way around it. I think Devin White said after the game, they didn't deserve to be on the same field with us. And as much as that stings, he was right. That was not, he was not lying. That was absolutely how that game unfolded. The Buccaneers had a great plan for Green Bay and they executed and they whooped their butts. I don't even know what the final score was, but I know at one point it was 28 to 10. And so, uh, you know, you look back at that game and Aaron Rodgers, after the game, said that game was an anomaly. That game is not the norm and they're going to be just fine. They're going to move forward. They're going to fix those issues and they're going to continue on and keep trying to be the number one seed, which goal accomplished. Here we are, number one seed. That week six game was played at Tampa Bay, at Raymond James Stadium. And interestingly enough, Aaron Rodgers has thrown um three interceptions in four games four games of his career he's thrown three interceptions three of those games are at Raymond James Stadium against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers so just the fact that he does not have to play there against the Bucs is for whatever reason it makes me feel better uh the bad news is is if they win he has to play at Raymond James Stadium against a someone other than the Bucs but that is going to be the narrative that the national media is going to push is that week 6 butt whooping. And I went back and watched that game today. And I went back and looked at the injury reports and everything leading up to that game and I don't want to gloss it over. It was a butt whooping. The Packers went in there and got got their stuff handed to them. But some a couple things to to pull from that. It they they were up 10 to 0 at one point. They were getting a lot of stuff going their way early on. That was the, the three-pump game from Aaron Rodgers, and then pretty much everything after that was, was awful. And you look at this team, and even when they were moving the ball, though, in that game, it just seemed clunky. The offensive line played, by far and away, their worst game of the season. And you you look at how they were able to beat this Green Bay Packers team, and they they got pressure on Aaron Rodgers. Uh, this is coming to me right now, so I'm going to try to pull up this stat. But Aaron Rodgers, his uh, his completion percentage in that game, all of that stuff was basically predicated on the fact that the Bucks were able to get after him. And Aaron Rodgers, for a long time, was uh, you looked at his. his under pressure statistics which every week I do this with my game report at packerreport.com I'll go in and look deep passing under pressure clean pocket all that stuff break it down compare it to the other team's quarterback and Aaron Rodgers for a long long time his under pressure statistics were atrocious one of the worst in the league because that was legitimately one of the only games he was pressured in this year so it took him about Twelve weeks of one to two pressures a game to get his stuff kind of back up where we normally see him under pressure. And here is the stat: this is ben, our buddy Ben Fennel actually tweeted this out. He said Aaron Rodgers versus the Tampa Bay Blitz in Week Six: six completions, uh, seventeen attempts, sixty-three yards, zero touchdowns, two interceptions, sacked three times with a QB rating of seven point four. I did not stutter. Seven point four. Here's the kicker. He has not been sacked against the Blitz since that game. Let me break that down. He has not been, bl- been sacked on a Blitz call since that game. The other times he has been sacked were basically straight-up pressures or him running into pressure. He has not been sacked by a team scheming up a Blitz since week 6. Now, here's what's interesting about that. That's probably not going to happen again. And let me tell you why. The Packers have that entire 60 minutes of film. They know exactly what the Bucks did to them in that game. Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur are too smart to let that happen again. I do not envision the Packers and Aaron Rodgers to be under that much pressure again at, at this week. Todd Bowles is a fantastic defensive coach. He's going to have to have another plan for Aaron Rodgers to beat him. That plan is probably not going to work again. And the kicker is it's hard enough to beat Aaron Rodgers once. You really think you can make a plan to get after him like that again? I just don't see Tampa Bay being able to slow this offense down like they did in week six. Can they slow them down? Do they have the horses to do it? Absolutely. Devin White is a good player. Uh, they're, uh, Sean Murphy Bunting, Carlton Joseph, uh, Jamel Dean. Those guys are all good players. Uh, Antoine Winfield Jr., good studs. Levante David, another really good player. Uh, Ndamukong Sue, who wanted to fight Aaron Rodgers after the game. He's going to be out there again. This game's going to be heated. Uh, there's going to be talking. It's going to get chippy. But I do not expect the Bucs to be able to get after Aaron Rodgers like they did in that game. And the thing about that is it's going to be cold. It's going to be miserable. It's going to be tough to play in. And so one of the other narratives that we're hearing about a lot is the cold. Tampa Bay having to come to the cold. Can Tampa Bay, this Florida team, come to Green Bay and play in this, what's looking like it's going to be in the 20s with snow? And the thing about that that's interesting to me is I don't actually buy into that narrative as much. That's the, that's kind of the one that favors the Packers, but I don't know how true that's going to be two, for two reasons. One, Tom Brady is no stranger to playing in the cold. This is nothing to him. He's, he's very used to this. There's no situation he has not been in. He has not played in. He's going to be fine. The rest of the guys on the team, I don't know and that's going to be that's going to be a them thing i don't know how mike evans is going to handle it i don't know how chris godwin's going to handle it or their offense all that stuff the other thing is john uh jp jpp jason pierre paul is a guy that was on that giants team that knocked the 2014 15-1 packers out of the playoffs in the divisional round he played really well in week six if you go back and watch that game too he gave Boxiari all he had and Rick Wagner once he came in cuz that's one of the other things is David Boxiari did leave that game midway through that game and they had no answer for Jason Pierre-Paul with Rick Wagner out there. And a lot of that is coming in stale, coming in without a week of practice. That's not going to be the case this week, hopefully. You know, hopefully both those guys go and complete the whole game and they don't have to do any shuffling mid-game. They and and the other thing about that is when they have had to do that They've nine out of 10 times been fantastic when John running juniors had to come in when Allen Jenkins had to kick out to tackle. Mostly they're fine with that. This game really is the one blip in a lot of ways for this Packers team. It was really the one black eye on their entire schedule. The other two losses were not blowouts. They were against good teams. Uh, the Vikings got them, you know, a divisional opponent that happens sometimes uh, the Colts playoff team and the Packers really should have, blown them out. That was more on them. This game, the Tampa Bay game is the one game that you look back at and say, wow, they just got beat. They just got beat. And the Packers, I guarantee you want to play this game. (laughs) Want to play this game. They want to erase that out of their minds, they want to basically shove it back in the face of everyone that says that they can't do it because they've done that with everything else this season. This has been a season of reconciliation for the Packers, going back to the draft, going back to not taking playmakers, not getting Aaron Rodgers' weapons. Randy Moss said on one of the major network shows before the Rams game, well, they better have something other than Devontae Adams because Jalen Rams is going to take him out of the game. Two things. One, he didn't take him out of the game. Two, Alan Lazard, MVS, Tanya, those guys all stepped up. But nobody wants to say, well, maybe they do have weapons outside of Devontae, because they do. And the thing that annoys me is Packers fans actually push that narrative just as bad as anyone. And that needs to stop. The Packers have weapons. You do not become the number one scoring offense in the league with one stud receiver. You just don't. Do they have one stud receiver? Yes. Could they use better receivers? Yes, but they're not bums. Alan Lazard is a good player. MVS is one of the best deep threats in the NFL. Robert Tonian should be a pro bowler this year. Aaron Jones is special. You look at Jamal Williams and A.J. Dillon. Those guys are as good a backup running backs as anyone in the league. And then, oh, by the way, this offensive line is the best offensive line in football, even without David Bakhtiari. That is insanity. This offense is loaded. They have no weakness. They're going to be all right. They're going to be able to put up points.
1: Listen, folks, the Super Bowl is coming up. And sure, we'll all be watching the game, but the best way to celebrate the biggest day in football is to bet on the game. And we want to let you know about a great resource for sports bettors, the Action Network. The Action Network is where sports fans go to bet smarter and experience real financial gains. In fact, their Action Network app was recently named the best app in sports betting. And with an Action Network Pro subscription, you can unlock the very best of the app. When you sign up for an Action Network Pro subscription, you can access the Pro Report, which includes expert projections for every game across all professional leagues. You can see money and bet percentages on every game, so you can see the team's professional gamblers are betting on. You can take advantage of pro systems, which match winning historical betting trends with the latest games and lines. And you can even track every bet you make and get alerts in real time. So if you're looking to bet smarter, an Action Network Pro subscription is the best way to get started. And for a limited time, our listeners can receive 50% off an annual pro subscription. Just go to actionnetwork.com now and receive 50% off an annual subscription when you use the code packaday. This offer won't last. So go to actionnetwork.com to sign up for a pro subscription and use promo code packaday, all one word, to receive 50% off and start betting smarter today.
0: I want to take a, a moment then to look at Devontae Adams though, and look at him going back to that Rams game. And it was something that I said leading up to the game. I was on the radio talking about Devontae and basically saying, if you want to cover him one-on-one, that's fine. But you better be right because he is not used to getting one-on-one coverages. He's used to getting bracketed. He's used to be seeing uh, your best two cover guys typically. I think we go back to a couple of years ago when he was counting the amount of players that were in his area um, after he ran his route. That's just the, what Devontae's used to. So if you want to stick Jalen Ramsey on him, he better be right because if you don't get a jam on him. If you can't play in his hip pocket, he's going to eat you for breakfast. And Jalen Ramsey actually did a decent job, as good of a job as anyone I've seen do all year on Devontae Adams, because Jalen Ramsey is a really good football player. But Devontae is just different. And that's exactly what Devontae said to him before the game. I am different than the other receivers you've covered this year. And that's not Devontae being a tool. That's not Devontae being too arrogant. That is Devontae being honest. And he's right. And he is a man that's playing... With that level of swagger, that level of confidence, and quite frankly, it's a champion's mentality. That is the mentality that every Packer needs to have if they're going to win a Super Bowl. I'm the best player at this position. You may have had a good season. You may have done this. You may have done that. But you have not played against me at my best. And me at my best is going to beat you at your best. That is the mentality that every great player has, every great player needs to have. And if you don't have that mentality, you don't really deserve to be on the field. And Jalen Ramsey has that mentality. I guarantee you he has that mentality. And that's why he's so good. Jair has that mentality. That's why he's so good. They back it up, too. They back it up, and they're fantastic. Um, But you look ahead to this game. Before we put a bow on this Tampa Bay game, because, honestly, I haven't dug too deeply into the game since the Week 6 game. I know the Packers have gone on a run. So have the Bucs. The Bucs, I think, have won six or seven of their last games. And, and they 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 played really well, and so you you look at this team, and what scares me for Tampa Bay, and what's I think good for the Packers is two things. One, Matt Lafleur is a better coach than Bruce Arians. I think that is pretty why that's pretty just common knowledge at this point. And you look at, I believe there's a chart out there talking about when is it correct to go for it on fourth downs, and the Packers are the best team in the NFL at it. and and knowing when to go for it the bucks are the worst the other thing about this Bruce Arians offense and this is the big one Tom Brady leads the NFL in passes above 20 yards he also leads it in completions his completion percentage is not the best but that's what they want to do they want to attack you down the field they want to push the ball vertically and it's going to be tough to do in Green Bay for two reasons I keep giving you lists. I keep giving you one, two, but, but again, one and two. One, the Packers don't get beat deep. It's a rarity. I think the last, that Darnell Mooney, big completion against Darnell Savage, that's really the last time I can think of a receiver just getting behind the defense. It can happen, but what's going to make it even more difficult is how cold it is. It's going to be cold. It's going to be windy. It's going to be snowing. That vertical passing game is going to be difficult to, to connect on and the Packers are going to be all over it. Tom Brady has thrown a lot of pick sixes this year. I would not be surprised if the Packers' defense scored, if that was the difference in this game. But then the the thing that scares you is it's still Tom Brady, man. It's still Tom Brady. And if I would have had a choice between which two teams I wanted to see come to Lambeau Field, you bet your butt, I wish it was New Orleans. I I wish it was Drew Brees, who can hardly throw the ball 10 yards down the field anymore. You know, Props to Drew Brees, great career, tons of respect for that guy. He needs to retire. It, it's done. Tom Brady's not there yet. Tom Brady still can sling it. Tom Brady has seen every coverage that you're ever going to throw at him. If, if Mike Pettin comes out and wants to play him soft, then he's going to pick it apart. The pro- and, and the thing that I, I'm just setting us up right now, the thing that we're probably going to see is the Packers are going to play soft. They're going to try to get after Tom Brady. They're going to try to get stops that way. It's feast or famine. But if they're not getting stops, if they're not getting tackles for losses or sacks, the Bucks' offense is going to march up and down the field. And what the Packers are going to want to do is try to condense it once they get to the 20 yard line. Once they get to that red zone, the field gets tighter, throws get tighter, stuff gets harder it's just it's how they've operated the whole year I don't expect them to change now so and this is for myself too because guys I get frustrated too if you go back and look at my timeline throughout the game it's hard to watch sometimes I think I tweeted out that Jared Goff was having the game of his life at one point during the the Rams game which is so far from the truth it just seemed like he was completing everything underneath but and he was and they scored 18 points they scored 18 points when situationally this defense is really good whenever the Packers were within one score this defense put the clamps on them when it was two scores for whatever reason they played soft and that's just that's just Mike Patton that's what he's gonna do and we know that if we expect anything different shame on us um but guys those are just kind of my thoughts leading up to this game and I'm sure I'll get into this more as the week progresses and as I look at these teams and kind of what they've done, you know, the last several weeks and just kind of compare the two of them and areas the Packers may be able to exploit them and vice versa. Um, but before I go, because guys, you're going to get a ton, a ton of Bucks talk this week. Um, so before I go, though, I do want to mention and I know we're in the we're in the season, so this is kind of going to maybe fall on deaf ears. But I am going to I will be at the Senior Bowl next week, um, kind of kicking off my draft coverage. Um, I do draft stuff for Packer Report, and I do draft stuff for um, Arrowhead Pride as well. And so I know we just talked about the Packers offense having weapons, but there are three guys at the Senior Bowl that if I can give you a little teaser about who. Are three guys that I think would just really, really look good in Matt LaFleur's offense at the receiver position. And what I'm gonna be fo- and that's what I'm gonna be focusing on this week is the wide receiver position, because that's who I, I write about. But there are three guys that are on, I don't know what rosters they're on yet, but three names to keep an eye on. One is gonna be really obvious, and that's Kadarius Tony, receiver out of Florida. He is basically the missing piece of to this Packers offense. And all three of these guys, I think are kind of the missing piece. Kadarius Tony's the best one though. And you watch him play. He does not have the burst long speed, but man, he is a dog with the ball in his hands and he is plenty fast enough. And he's plenty quick enough. I'm really excited to see what his route tree looks like live just because at Florida, it was not always super diverse, but I think he's going to look good. And then, so two other guys to keep an eye on are shy Smith, from, I think he, gosh, I don't know where Shy Smith is from. I think he's from NC State. And uh, he, he's a guy that is kind of the same as well, where he can be that gadget type player. He can be that move piece that the Packers like to do. South Carolina. He's from South Carolina, not South Carolina State. South Carolina State is an FCS school, and I do that often. Uh, but he's from South Carolina. He is a guy that kind of the same as Tony. He is a slot guy he is a returner he is everything the Packers need that they don't have that you want Tyler Irving that you want Tavon Austin to be and the last guy on my list is one that I don't think a lot of people maybe know about much yet but I think he's gonna make some noise this week at the combine or not the combine the senior bowl. And I think he's going to be a guy that the more Packers fans watch him, the more they're going to fall in love with him. And his name is Dwayne Eskridge. He is a wide receiver from uh, Western Michigan. Interestingly enough, Matt LaFleur started his career at Western Michigan and then kind of moved over to Siginaw Valley state, which is another Michigan school. So he's familiar with that area. I'm sure Dwayne Eskridge is a guy that he will be familiar with. He's a uh, rumored to be a four three guy. He's shorter, probably 5'10", 190 He's short, but he's not small. He's a potential four three guy. I don't know if he has that type of speed, but he's fast. He's very fast. He is a guy that is a, an excellent punt returner. He's an excellent kick returner already right now. So day one, come in, put him there. I think right now he is going to go between rounds three and five. There's so much time before the draft, but. That's where I would be comfortable taking him. And he's a guy that I think the Packers are really going to love because he's he is a, a dog as a blocker, too. He is just a competitor. You turn his film on and you see a guy that cares about every single thing he does and he wants to do it excellently. And he, his routes, his blocking, his release even. I'm not sure that he can't play on the outside um, even with the size that he is. So he's a guy that I think is going to move up some boards um, just because – playing at Western Michigan in a pandemic year, you're probably, you're not going to be getting a lot of exposure. So he's a guy to keep an eye on. Those are three guys. And just to give you their names against Kadarius, Tony from Florida, Shai Smith, South Carolina, and Dwayne Eskridge from Western Michigan. Those are three guys that as Packers fans, I think we should keep an eye on just because they possess the skill set of what I think this Packers offense could really use. And uh, they're all return men as well. So We we need one of those, as we saw again on Saturday. So, um, guys, thanks for joining me. I went a little bit longer than I thought I would. Get you guys in and out of here in about 20 minutes. Um, But a lot of great stuff is going to be coming from this very podcast at Pack a Day. So make sure you're tuning in every single day. I know Ross, myself, and all the guys over at Pack a Report are really excited about the articles that are going to be coming out this week. So make sure you head over there and you're hitting the refresh button every 20 minutes over there because it's going to be awesome. So, um, guys, thanks for joining me. Thanks for listening. This has been a, such a fun season. Uh, so, so much fun interacting with a lot of you guys on Twitter as well. So make sure you continue to do that. Ross and I will be back in two weeks. Hopefully, I guess in two weeks, we'll be talking about a Super Bowl preview. And uh, my prediction is the Packers will be one of those two teams. So until then, Go Pack Go.